And a good Tuesday morning to you, and welcome into Darren, Donick, and Chase here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Hope everybody's off and running on this nice fall Tuesday. Actually, it's going to be in the upper 70s, so it'll be really 79 really, is what I saw. Really nice day here in the mid-state. Darren McFarlane, that's me. Chase McCabe. That's me. That's him. Max Hers back in the saddle. Hi, Max. He was on assignment yesterday. Not sure what the assignment was, but he was just on assignment. Ryan Porth filling in yesterday. Max, welcome back. Thank you. Very short. We, can we say your assignment <laughs> or no? Just leave it. I up. was at a wedding Parts. in Charlotte. Oh, okay. Yep. Parts unknown. But I don't now think it we was know. a big deal. <laughs> it was okay. a wedding. <laughs> Did you have fun? <laughs> yeah. Did you not know where I was? No, I, I no, honestly no I didn't. I had no idea. It was a big secret, but now everyone knows. Um, was Kyle Allen at the wedding? No, they were in London. He's kind of a big deal. You're right. They were in London. He's kind of a big deal now. Yeah, but he's not going to start anymore. Uh, I don't we'll know see. about that. We'll see. Hmm. They've got kind of a. I wouldn't want to be Ron Rivera because I get it. Like you no, I, I, I would. I'd be fine being Ron Rivera because it'd be easy for me. Uh, right. I don't think so. It's easier. It's easy from your seat. It's not easy from his seat. Because I know what you're going to say. Kyle Allen's winning. Now. He's yeah, undefeated. I mean, so you what? just go. Right. And then you've got this monstrosity of an ego that's taken you to a Super Bowl who's been an MVP. And you're just going to tell him, yeah, Cam, look, I'm the coach. You just deal with it, man. And you just but, sit and wait. But Cam wasn't playing that great before he got hurt. Right. Anyway. But it's, like I said, it's real easy from your seat. It's not an easy decision for no. him because he's. You don't want to lose your team. You don't want to or have I a divide understand. or have weirdness. Well, Cam could disrupt a room, right? He's but kind I mean, of a big, big personality. Could it not if, disrupt a room if he says, "Hey, Cam's our quarterback." And you got guys going, "We're we're, we're winning. We weren't winning." Before. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, remember, most of these guys have all played with Cam Newton. He's been there a long time. I understand. Kyle I understand. Allen's what five and zero. Oh? Since yeah. he's been the starter? Yep. Going back to one game last year and the four this year, right? Yep. And that is a that is still a small body of work. It's good, but it's a small body of work. These guys are probably, most of that room is not only, you know, pro-cam. They're, they're like buds with Cam. Right. They've been through They've been through all the wars with Cam Newton. So you, you will, Ron Rivera has to massage this big time. And I don't have a clue how he's going to do it other than I guess he's going to go back to Cam Newton. But it is going to be interesting. What if Cam looks like crap or they, uh, then, or, then, they or they lose? But then that makes things a little bit easier. Yeah, but I'm saying right what, now it's not easy. Like I, I understand what you're thinking, but it is not that easy to just come in and be like, hey, Cam, I'm sorry, man. Love you, man. But, hey, Kyle's winning. Uh, you just have to take a back seat. Yeah, and then Cam Newton's like, uh. Well, it's happened before. Hello. Uh, I'm Cam Newton. Right. I, I, I I'm the understand. face of the franchise. And I know that he is a different type of personality that you have to deal with. But So I get all that. But, you know, the, the old the old adage of you can't lose your spot due to injury, I don't, I don't think that's true anymore. But you're right. He's probably going to go back to Cam Newton, and then we'll see how it works out. But, you know, I think there are a couple of, uh, couple of teams right now that, you know, have had the backup quarterback come in, and they've had more success than they've probably thought they were going to have and carolina's one of them that's what i said yesterday on the show you know i'm just why can't that happen here like why don't we ever have a kyle allen story this is an undrafted guy 
Okay, n- n- we all watched Kyle Allen in college, and none of us were going, <laughs> that guy's going to win on Sundays. You watch. That right. guy's going to win. No. Not zero. Now, if you said that, you're, you're Pinocchio. Okay, your, your nose just hit Murfreesboro, unless you're in Murfreesboro. <laughs> okay, you're, you're lying. Okay, nobody said that. Said no one. This guy's going to win games on Sundays. But yet, here he is. We're talking about him. He's 5-0. and Devlin Hodges. Devlin Hodges was the fourth-string quarterback for Pittsburgh. Fourth string. They traded Dobbs away. They brought him back. And now he goes into L.A. and wins a game. I'm just saying, why Why can't that happen here? Like, why doesn't that story ever happen here? <laughs> Honestly, yeah. the best one we've had is probably Billy Volick. And, oh, what, and it wasn't to a great degree. Like, six, like Billy Volick is, you know, it was like nobody knew and he's the backup. And then all of a sudden he got a chance and it was like, whoa. Right. Okay. Now, they didn't do a whole lot of winning. They weren't very no. good, but he was lighting it up. I mean, remember that patch of him and Drew Bennett was like yeah. a three-week window of was the best in the league. And then was it the next year that they traded him? They, well, Vince was yeah. Jeff Fisher said he was the biggest cancer in the room, which right. was the biggest joke ever. Right. Yeah. Well, because they had drafted Vince Young. They signed Kerry Collins. And so I think Billy Volick felt disrespected, which I, I guess I understand because he had been there. I think Jeff didn't like the fact that Billy Volick was friends with people in the media. Yeah. I don't think he liked that. Is that so that's how it was? I, Jeff will never admit that, but I'm telling you, I don't, I don't, I believe, because it was the biggest farce ever. I mean, for him, Pac-Man Jones was in that locker room. Right. And for him to say Billy Volick was the biggest cancer in that room, give me a break. Anybody met Billy Volick cancer in a room? Uh, he's a... One of the nicest people you ever meet. Give me a break. I don't think the I don't think he liked the fact that Billy was friends with people in the media, and I think he felt like Billy was telling right. the media stuff. And Jeff likes to keep everything. He wants his message. Right. Well, a lot of head coaches are that way. Oh well, <laughs> most most are that way. Yeah. I think Nick Saban would probably. Well, no, there's a long line of coaches like yeah. that. But I'm just saying that's what was going on. I here. just remember the press conference when they traded him, and and Jeff said something to the effect, I can't remember what it was that Billy had said in a meeting, or he was that didn't sit well with me. And so it was like, okay, well, here we are. And then it was Vince Young, Kerry Collins. I get. I guess those were the only two. So, uh, Detroit got jobbed last night. Yeah, they did. They got jobbed. That was bad. And look, I, I'm just going to, you know, for Freddie Kitchens and Baker Mayfield and a buddy of mine who's a huge Browns fan that complains on a regular basis on why they're not winning and blames it on the refs, just like the head coach and the quarterback. Just watch. Are you watching NFL? Are you watching yeah. NFL football games? As I've told him and others, there's bad calls every game, every week. Like really bad calls. It's not just your team, it's not just your favorite player. It's everybody. And I don't have a clue if Detroit would have come back and won or not. I have no idea if Matthew Stafford Well, they were leading. Well, yeah, but they probably, they don't, my point is the drive is is over, they kick the field goal, and there's still like a minute 20 left. So I don't know if Detroit drives down the field and gets a game-winning field goal, but that kept a drive alive, and then they ran out the clock. 
Well, there was also the the call before that. Yeah, but I'm talking the about the, the very end. Yes, Trey Flowers there got were screwed two, twice. There were two he got calls, jobbed twice. So. But there was like a minute 20 left, and they called him. Uh, what was it was hands, the to, the hands face. to the face, and it wasn't hands to the face, right? And it kept that was third down, and they didn't complete the pass. So that means Mason Crosby would have been in there to give them the 23-22 lead with a minute 17 to go. And I don't know if Detroit drives down and wins or not, but but my point too, the, they got the, hosed. The first the first hands to the face call that wasn't a hands to the face call would have been also on third down. Yes, and they would have gotten that a stop. Is, that they is ended correct. up getting a touchdown on that, that drive, correct. so that changed yes. that changed things completely. Yes, the two flowers calls were horrible. Right, I mean they they Detroit got jobbed, and I thought Booger McFarland was going to jump out of the booth. Well, I mean. Which it, I mean, he's a defense. Think about I, the position I, he played, and I get, he he did all. I those. didn't have a problem with what he said. No, so. I'm just saying. I also you could expect that from a guy who played that position and a yeah. guy that went through all. He knows what the trenches are like, man. The trenches are nasty. Yeah, they're nasty and they're gross, and you got to do. There's a lot of crazy and weird stuff and bad stuff that goes on in the trenches, and you got to find an edge. And and by the way, Flowers did nothing wrong. No, and he knows that, and he knows that, man. He's probably also a defensive guy that goes, man, the offense gets all the breaks. Yeah. And here again, the offense got all the breaks and the defensive guys get screwed. I've said for years, I don't know why in the world if you play football, you would want to be on the defensive side of the ball. Literally all the cards are stacked against you. Why? I mean, it, it's – and now in today's NFL with the officiating and how bad it's been, I mean, I, I wouldn't want it even more. Because you're just you're not going to get anything to go your way. I mean, were there bad calls in the Browns game? Yeah, there were. Yeah, but there's there bad, calls, but there's all bad the calls all over the league every single week. Like really horrific calls. What do they do about it? I don't know. I, it, it's been bad for a long time. I've been screaming forever. Make them all full time and make them do that. Full, well, some of them are, and it's not changed. Well, they they know some of them were. They they've abandoned the program. Well, they, you're right. It's a good point. They tried it, and they, they, and they made there some weren't of very them. Many. There no, weren't very I, many. Right, and they made some of them full-time, and then they're like, eh, we'll just go back to the way it was. Right, so now all those guys that made horrible calls or all those officials that made horrible calls this weekend, they're now selling timeshare in Jamaica today yeah. or selling insurance or, or, working or for, judges or attorneys or they have a case today or whatever. And you know what they're not doing? Then, Trying to get better at the job on Sunday. Right. And and it's showing, and it's in some ways hurting the game. I mean, last night the the outcome of the game was changed, in my opinion, because of two really bad calls that should have been no call. And it, and you even had um, who was it? Was it John Perry or the 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 ref that they have working for yeah. ESPN now? Mm-hmm. He was even saying, looking at the film, he was like, "Eh, yeah, that's a bad call." So, I mean, when you look at it and it's clear as day that they missed the call, and didn't I hear them say that Trey Flowers had never been called for illegal hands to the face and then he got two? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's unreal. Yeah. And so, you know what's going to happen. You know how this goes. The league's going to send a letter to the Lions saying, you know sorry. what? We, sorry, we sorry. messed up. Sorry, guys. Our bad. Tell that to Matt Patricia if he gets fired. And that's a loss that should have been a win. Yeah. By the way, there would have been five straight wins in Lambeau Field for Detroit. Yeah, and, and you know what? How about that? Just think about that stat. The Detroit Lions. It's kind of like the Red Wings record right now. Yeah. Like, like there's no explanation. But that's what it is. The Lions have been more poor than good yeah. in that little window. And they've gone into Lambeau. 
coming into the game, and they had won four straight times, and it should have been, quite honestly, five. Five straight times at Lambeau. Yeah, and Detroit would have been atop the, the uh, NFC North. Yeah. So, so there was a lot on the line for that game. Yeah. So they have every right to be mad. We'll come back. We'll talk to Teresa Walker. She covers the Titans and a whole lot of other teams, but we're going to talk to her about the Titans for the Associated Press. She is the AP writer. She's been doing it for a long time. We talk to Teresa next on Darren Donick and Chase, ESPN 1025, the game. Thanks, Bubba. Appreciate it. Tonight, Preds in Vegas, 9 o'clock puck drop. I'll pregame for you at 8. Everything heard right here on ESPN 1025, the game. Darren McFarland, Chase McCabe alongside Teresa Walker, Associated Press. Been doing it a long time. She also gets the first question at every Mike Vrabel press conference. And that first question yesterday was, hey, Mike, who's going to be your uh, quarterback on Sunday? And he said, you know what? We're going to talk about it tonight and let the team know tomorrow. Well, tomorrow is today. Teresa, how you doing? And how do you think it's going to play out? I'll tell you, Darren, I could make a case for both at this point, but uh, I, I, I come back to this. One quarterback is being paid $20.9 million this year, uh, and is still with his original team that, that took him at number two overall in 2015. And then the other quarterback is being paid $1.75 million on a one-year deal, and you traded for him from the Miami Dolphins, who, you know, they gave up on him after seven years. So, um, yeah, I tell you, I, I, it's going to be very interesting to see how they make this choice because here's the thing. For all the fans who are wanting them to go ahead and go to Ten Hill, I've seen enough. Go on. Well, do you, you know, this, that isn't just simply making a quarterback change. It's not the guarantee that you're going to have Kyle Allen going 4 0. It's not Teddy Bridgewater, guys, who, you know, the only reason the Saints let him go is because of a horrific knee injury. And, you know, they just got tired of waiting for him to heal up. And, you know, it looks like the Saints absolutely got a bargain in him. So, you know, the challenge is this you, you don't know what you're getting. You know, uh, let's not forget on Sunday, Marcus Mariota was sacked three times. And, you know, guess who was sacked more than that in much more limited time? So this isn't an easy decision. And, uh, you know, if you make this decision, you're, this, this puts the Titans squarely in the quarterback market come next spring. And while everyone's just assuming that, oh, we'll get that next quarterback, this is the third different quarterback the Titans have taken within the first eight picks since the 2006 draft. And if that would mean they're looking for a fourth. So obviously it's not that easy. No, it's not that easy. I, I guess I understand both sides of the fence. I do. Chase and I are both on the side of the fence of why not just see what you have in Tannehill? I mean, yeah, we have the body of work in Miami, but we don't know. We have no clue what it looks like here. I mean, we all Behind know. Behind the line, we, it's given up 29 sacks, most in the league. Yeah, I mean, it, it may and it may look exactly the same, but wouldn't it be nice for all of us to come away next Monday and go, well, doesn't matter, eight, 17, pick a number. It's all going to look the same with this offensive line. I'd, I'd at least like to have that conversation rather than us just assuming that he's going to look exactly like he did in Miami his entire career. I said this. Was I blown away by Tannehill on Sunday? No, they didn't score any points. Um, nothing really changed. He got sacked four times. Uh, it looked a little – to me, it looked a little better because of – he looked like he, he knew what he was doing. He looked like – he was decisive. He looked like he knew where he was going. He had a plan. He looked like he was kind of, you know, 
he was scanning the field. He was going through progressions. That's what it looked like through my eyes. What did it look like through your eyes? Well, he was going up a defense that was playing prevent defense. They didn't produce any points. And, in fact, uh, you know, couldn't convert on one fourth down, had an interception on another fourth down when they were trying to get into the end zone. So uh, on that scale, I kind of have to rate it essentially the same as Mariota's because, you know, what looks better on paper? Well, he threw for more yards. The offense did go down the field a bit more. But, again, against a defense that was, you know, protecting the end zone and protecting a big lead at that point. So, uh, you know, take take that grade with a bit of an asterisk is all I'm saying. And, you know, I, I've been accused of being a Mariota apologist because I've seen some good things. I mean, you know, yes, this offense is not good. Uh, they've struggled. I mean, when you look at the fact that only Cincinnati and Miami – uh, and, and there was one other team that have scored fewer points than, than the Titans through at least five games. That's not a good figure, uh, especially considering that uh, Cincinnati, Washington, and Miami, all those teams have one win combined between them. You know, uh, this is the problem, though. You've got a – Matt LaFleur is now the, the coach of the Green Bay Packers. He looks like he knows what he's doing. The difference is he's got a guy named Aaron Rodgers. You know, the problem with the Titans, it feels like they're paying the tab for, you know, going with a first-time offensive coordinator. And, you know, LaFleur had not called a play in the NFL before last season. So, um, you know, yes, he was coordinator the year before with the Rams, but it was Sean McVay calling all those plays. This year, Arthur Smith, as much as everybody likes him, players raved about him all offseason and, pre, you know, the preseason, they love him. Well, this is his first time calling plays. You know, and, you know, his preseason, you know, there were some weather issues. He ends up calling uh, plays from the sideline, and it's like he likes that. Maybe it's time for him to go up to the booth and, and see how that works. But, you know, guys, it just feels like this offense is pay- paying a price, and the quarterback particularly, for the investment in first-time offensive coordinators. Do you feel like the offensive line slash offense can be fixed this season? Well, the players in that locker room say it is. Uh, Corey Davis yesterday said it's self-inflicted wounds. We saw them put up some good points. Now, uh, you know, we're going to take it with an asterisk, the Cleveland game, and obviously uh, Atlanta, because we saw what, shoot, we see what everybody else is doing to the Atlanta uh, Falcons. But uh, Delaney Walker, it's all fixable. You know, a lot of talk about how guys need to look themselves in the mirror. And what that tells me is there's a lot of people who could be doing their jobs better, uh, but it's the nature of the NFL that the quarterback, coordinator, the head coach are the ones who take the brunt of the blame. Teresa Walker here with us from the AP, and and I want to get your thoughts on Delaney Walker's comments on Twitter. Uh, the team putting out about the you know the quarterback decision, and then he commented uh, saying, "Why you got to put that out there? What did you make of that?" Well, uh, you know, who likes having business put out in, in public? But uh, the fact of the matter is, it's the NFL. It's a fifteen billion dollar a year. Last time I checked, uh, industry, and you know, the the Tennessee Titans have gone all in on trying to put out their own news. You know, when they hired Jimmy Wyatt, he was just the first of many that they've added to that, you know, to helping promote their, their story and their team. So, you know, sometimes you, you might think that's a story you stay away from, but they, they put it out there. I mean, everybody else is talking about it. And, yes, Tanny uh, Hill, Mariota, it's very clear. Why? Because Mike Vrabel said yesterday that they were going to decide by today who's going to be their starter on Sunday. So, you know, that, that's what they're into. You know, Delaney may not like it. But uh, guess what? That, it's not telling any secrets out of school to, to put that on social media from the team. Do you feel like there's been a difference with him this year? I mean, he's not being used as, he, as much as he has in the past. And, 
you know, he's always been outspoken. He's always been the one that we all as media go to because we know he's going to he's going to say something. But I I definitely feel like he's he's showing more frustration than he has in the past. What, Chase? The fact that he said so many times, that's a question for the coach, that's a question for the coach, I'm just a tight end, I'm just a tight end. Yes, we've heard that an awful lot, and it does feel like he's frustrated. But you know what? They're 2-4, and four, and while he is tied, I think, for the league, uh, for the team leading catches with 21, you know, let's face it, this it feels like he's just not been used the way he had in the past. Now, part of that, you would say, is because, well, Adam Humphreys, Corey Davis, A.J. Brown – but, you know, when the offense is not working, there's not enough catches for anybody. So, you know, one way to, to, to help fix this would be, and Delaney Walker said, he has to be better as well. So, um, you know, these guys need to go out there, make the catches when the ball comes to them, and, and you know, help, help move this offense down the field. Darren said yesterday that the offense, you know, looks predictable at times. And whether that's the personnel or that's the play calling, you know, I, I think it's probably a combination of the two. Arthur Smith through six games. What's your evaluation? Very incomplete. I mean, guys, I can't be the only one who se- who sees on third down when Deion Lewis goes out there that they're probably going to throw a little short. Holy pass crap! Right? Scrap that play, please. For the I, love I, of football, please scrap if, that play. It's not exactly, working. Exactly, Darren. If we can see this, the, the guys who are paid to study film ad nauseum can certainly see this. So it's time to change up that offense. Do some things differently. Now, they've had moments. You know, the pass to open the Colts game, 26-yarder. It was a fast read, fast throw, big hit. And what happens? Penalty on Taylor Lewan, pulls it back, and they start going backwards, and then the whole thing goes in the tank. So we've seen some stuff from Arthur Smith play calling to get this offense going, and then they hurt themselves. And I go back again to what Corey Davis said, self-inflicted wounds. So, you know, it's... And, and I heard an awful lot in that locker room. It sounds like if guys, guys seem to feel that if they're working harder, studying harder, and that's the thing. You know, it, the misconception about the NFL is that, you know, they go practice and, you know, they, they, they do this. You should be studying to be effective and to do your job the way you're being paid in this league. You, you need to be studying film on Monday night while you're recovering from the game, Tuesday, which is technically your off day, although how many times do you see these guys out making appearances, et cetera? Wednesday night when you're not in meetings, it, it, you have to do all the hard work. That's what makes Kevin Byard one of the best at his position because he's one of those guys who's doing that extra work. Uh, you know, so it, you can look at that offense and say that you know we. Can, I don't think we can judge Arthur Smith's offense for this reason. It's tough to see exactly what he could do. You know, that first half against Atlanta was really nice. I think everybody liked that. Problem is, it's such a short sample size. They need to do more. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, Mike Vrabel has been supportive of of his players, of his coaches. I know last week he was asked about Keith Carter, the offensive line coach, and he showed his support. At what point, though, do you think if if this continues, if this trend continues, is he going to have to make a decision and, and a tough decision that he doesn't want to make and maybe make some sort of change to spark something other than the quarterback? Well, Chase, exactly. I mean, you know, that whole thing, even though Mike Rabel said last week that the, the, the players know who to block, to me that's an endorsement of Keith Carter doing his job, making it very clear what they're supposed to be doing. And, and Roger Saffold last Monday made it very clear that he's struggling to adjust to this offense, to a, a mobile quarterback, and this isn't what he had played in for so much of his career. And he's having, you know, he's given up a couple games with a couple sacks a guy who had given up a sack in a season before. So, you know, he made it clear he's part of the problem. Taylor Wan has said he needs to be better. So, but 
they're the guys who are getting very big paychecks. And those guys, it's, as much as fans want to see something different, it's easier to change out coaches in the end than it is players. Well, I got news from Mike Vrabel. If it's not his coach or his coaches and it's all the players, then really he's saying something about the general manager because the general manager made some bad signings and overpaid for an offensive line that gets paid a ton of money. A ton. Look at their offensive line and look what it makes. And if he's saying this is all on the players, that they, you know, they're not doing their job, then this is also an indictment on the general manager because mm-hmm. they had no business being signed. By the way, Ben Jones just got a new contract before they started, what, sometime in camp. They got a new yeah. contract. So, you know, either way, I got news for him. Somebody has to take the blame. And if he's willing to look the other way and say it's not his coach or coaches, then he's directly saying the general manager didn't have some good signings too whether he wants to say that or not that's I what i want to hear from the general manager but- well hey chasing darren let's not forget roger saffold was pretty much considered the top guard on the free agent market back in march and what did we all say a few months ago that they had to fix guard you know they did they changed out quentin spain josh klein invested a high draft pick in in the third round in nate davis who's now made two starts and he also was uh, Roger Saffold. So at a certain point, it, the expectation is on the player to, to play, to, to, to earn the paycheck. So, but you're right, you know, John Robinson, at a certain point, the, the finger's going to start pointing to him, uh, particularly if they are having to figure out who their next quarterback is this next offseason. Appreciate the visit, as always, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Darren and Chase. All right, that is true. Teresa Walker, Associated Press, does a great job. Or AP has been doing it for a long time. We'll come back and discuss some of the things we just talked about. Go a little bit more in depth on what we talked about for a bulk of yesterday's show. We do that next on Darren Donick and Chase, ESPN 1025 The Game. Second hour, Rod Gilmore. We'll talk some college football with him. David Poyle, his weekly starts with us. Remember, every Tuesday at 11.15, that starts Well, we started it last week. But today. You were... Oh, you did? Yeah. He came and sat down with us at Pete and Terry's. You were under the knife, Mr. You McFarland. Were. Oh. You were. He wanted an injury update while you were under the knife. So we it was it was an injury. I wasn't hurt. Yep. He, right? he knew we, that. Okay. So he was just, uh, just to clarify, I was not hurt. I was injured. He he asked if he needed to, you know, start talking, you know, looking at trades or the waiver wire, and we said, No, we feel like it's gonna be short term and he'll be back. So mm, okay. very good. All right. Well, good. I'm glad it's already started. We're yeah. excited about that. Uh, every Tuesday at 11.15. So that's some things on tap in the second hour. Mitch Light will be in studio with us in the third hour. We'll head over to West End at 1 o'clock. We'll also head out to Vegas in the fourth and final hour. So a lot more coming here on Tuesday's edition of Darren Donick and Chase. So I don't. I, I feel like, and I heard Floyd Reese on Morning Drive today, and he told the guys that he feels like it's going to be Mariota. Now that I have taken... Teresa, what did you take? She seemed to lean toward Mariota, right? Right. Is that what I got out of that? That's kind of how I took it. And I I have the answer of what I think should happen, and I stand by what I said yesterday. I think now you need to take a look at... Oh, I'm not changing my mind on what they do, but I I, I thought, I kind of felt like... I knew we were on the same page, but yeah. I also felt like we were on the right side. Like I thought, sure. like it's going to happen. Like they're going to make a change. Sure, because I because one thing we agreed upon was, well, you don't say you're going to have meetings about it, and right, and, and then you're, you're just going to tell the stay team status quo. But now that you know, I've taken 
time to think about it. I still think they should go to Tannehill. I think get a look at Tannehill, even with the offensive line. It's just at this point, you're sending a message to the locker room of, hey, we got to win. Nobody's position is safe. If you're if you're not doing your job, then we got somebody that's willing to that we're willing to try in that spot. And you send that message the loudest if you change the quarterback. With all that said, you listen to Floyd, you listen to Teresa, you think about the organization and how they've done things in the past. You go back and dissect the press conference. I wouldn't be shocked if they go back to Mariota. Well, nothing was going to shock me. But I'm but just I saying. Mean, it just now it's just like, can you trust them to do what they probably need to do, which is make a change? I, I can't. Nobody says when you make the change that's permanent. No, I Who's know. Who's kidding? Who? Well, I, I mean, why not just do it? And and maybe they do. I don't know. We're yeah, acting and, like it's like it's going to be Mario. Like we don't we don't know what the answer is going to be. And we don't I, know if, I, if I, they're going to tell us. I did kind of feel like. Like, why would you need to talk about it tonight? Why would you need to inform the team today? Right. And then obviously they're going to get back on the practice field tomorrow if you were just going to remain status quo. Or is that just a nice way of saying, yeah, we're not changing anything, but we're going to present it like we're going to do a lot of heavy talking about this. We're going to do some real discussion about this. We're going to break down. We're going to have some charts. PowerPoint presentation. How about that? (laughs) Some graphs. (laughs) Is that what this is going to be? <laughs> They're going to go in and with a PowerPoint of going to bring in some analytic guys. Yeah, going to some pro football. We're going to invite some pro football focus guys. We're going to talk until midnight tonight. You think they're going to get a consultant? Mm. I, I hey, don't know. You know what? All kidding. Know. All kidding aside, I think Mike Vrabel could use one of those. If I'm being honest, well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. I think I, I don't think that's preferably a bad idea. a consultant who's been a head coach. Yeah, that, that would in the be NFL. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that would be nice. Um, so I don't, I don't Bill know where Cower. they're going. Bill Cower. Here's one thing that I will admit that has irked me since yesterday's show because I've heard this a lot, and whether it's people are telling me this or I've you know listened, whether it's our afternoon show or morning show. Or people, you know, even nationally, they've been talking yeah. about, you know, the, the Mariota and Tannehill situation. Unfortunately, that's how the Titans get pub. Usually when they play like crap and there's a controversy, that's when the national media starts talking about them, right? This is something that is really, really starting to to uh, boil my blood a little bit. Grind your gears. Grind my gears. I don't want to hear about providing mari maybe this is the spark this is the word yeah. that really irks me spark the spark marcus mariota needs a spark no what we're in four four and a half seasons he needs a spark like he didn't know what was on the line this year like he doesn't know what's being said if he doesn't know then he is in a cave give me a break he needs a spark why does Mariota need a spark in four, in season five? If you still need to give your franchise quarterback a spark or a prod or a poke, what do you want to do? Bring in Caesar Milan and sting him in the neck? I mean, what? What? Look, can we stop saying, "Hey, maybe this is the spark that Mariota needs to get things going." If he needs a damn spark, then you got the wrong guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, you got the wrong guy. 
If in year five, after everything we've talked about in this market and everything that Titans fans have been through in this market since he's been under center and we're talking about going into week seven, yep. and hey, maybe this is the spark that Mariota needs to get him going. If you truly need that, if you truly believe that, if anyone believes that, then you have the wrong guy. This is never, ever going to work. And I don't believe it's going to anyway. But I'm telling you, if we're sitting here talking about a spark in week seven of year five where he wasn't given a contract extension, everybody knows, everybody who has spent more than two minutes following this team knows what's on the line for Mariota. If he needs a spark or a poke or a prod or a wake-up call, then, man, you got the wrong guy. The, you better, you might as well punt and move on right now because you got, got the got wrong the dude. They got the guy that can punt. They don't need, to, they don't need a new punter. They got no. the best punter in the league. The only type, the only sp- Like that word is really – well, I'm not going to say it. it. It's ticking me off. No. I was going to say the P word, but it's the, ticking me off. The only the only time you've heard me use the word spark is about the team. Because I don't care about Mariota at this point because I'm with you. I don't think he's the guy. But you got to spark this offense. That's that's why I think you make a change because it's just not working with Mariota under center. I'm not saying it's going to necessarily work with Tannehill, but that's what you got. I mean, you're not going to go bring anybody else in at this point. Tannehill's what you got. So you go and you put him in there and you see what happens. And maybe, just maybe, that does get something going because you have, you know, you watch the small sample size from the Denver game with Ryan Tannehill. And you saw a quarterback that, albeit he struggled because there was no protection, he threw an interception. He could go through his progressions, though. He could go through his reads. There was just something different. And so maybe that triggers something with the rest of the offense. You won't know until you try, but I'm with you. You know, you, you can't spark Mariota at this point. You can't motivate him. He is what he is. Uh, how about just motivation that they're two and four? How about just motivation that he played like crap? How yeah. about the motivation that he makes twenty plus million a year? How about just all those built in motivations? How about I you're agree. you're a professional athlete and your team needs a win? How about that for a spark? I mean, give me a break. Hey, Maybe pulling him was the spark he needed. Good <laughs> Lord. Tommy and Shelbyville. Tommy, what's up? Hey, love the show. Uh, man, my opinion sitting back watching Titans for the past 20-plus years, I think it has to do with coaching. I've seen these guys play good ball, and I've seen this team get better as a group. I mean, as far as quality and talent on the roster – I just feel like we've got too many people coaching that hasn't really done it before or done it enough, and that goes all the way to the GM being new, the coach being new, coordinator being new. You look at our defense, and I give credits to the old cat that's, that's, that's done it before. That's Team the only piece. part of our team that's good, and he's – well, don't leave out the other old cat. I mean, LeBeau and Pease, two guys that have been around the block for 150 years. And guess what? Guess what we haven't been talking about? The defense being a problem on their watch. Exactly. To, to your point. And that's my point. Yeah. I get it. Well, hey, that's that's on the general manager. I mean, that's John Robinson. Right. He, he's the one who – this is his decision. This was his first really, really big decision. He chose to move on. 
They chose as an organization to take the next step, and that's fine. But they haven't taken the next step. No. No, they've taken steps back. I mean, they, they just – let's be honest. They – well, for all the poke, speaking of poking and prodding of the previous staff that Mike Vrabel and John Robinson did in that first press conference, um, how are those sacks going with Mariota? Mm. And they were going to do stuff. They were going to be creative and do things differently. Well, how's that? How's that going? Because I think he's on his back more on this staff than he was the previous staff. Oh, I thought Russ Grimm had the the offensive line in a much better situation than they are now. Let's go to Dave down in the borough. Dave, what's up? Oh, not much. Love you guys' show. Thanks. Uh, Thanks. Real quick, you know, I, I can't remember who said it on the morning drive yesterday, but you were talking about a spark. And, you know, you think of a pitcher uh, who gets the yips. You always think of Rick Ankeel, uh, you know, who ended up just flaming out as a pitcher. And I think Mariota, I, I, they said it yesterday, he's just broken. I mean, he just runs He runs up into his blockers. He's, he, he chases ghosts in the pocket. And this guy – I just don't think he's got it really much for anybody anymore, and I don't think he needs a spark. I, I just think he needs a he needs a head shrink job is what he needs, and I, I just don't know if he's ever going to get it. And I think we already kind of know the handwriting's already on the wall, so I just feel bad for the guy because he's obviously hearing hearing footsteps and playing against ghosts in the pocket. It's just kind of sad to watch. So you yeah. guys have a good day. Thank you, Dave. I'll tell you Bye. something I said, uh, and good call. Uh, something I said a couple of times that I think it was really not talked about enough in this market, he's never been the same since the injury. And I know there's been yeah. injuries. Right. There's been a whole lot of more. I'm talking about the big one, the, the one leg. with leg. Yeah. He's, he's never been You're the right. same. And look, he's a human being. And when you have horrific injuries and the, what he went through last year with the elbow and the tingling, you can't feel it. Look, nobody wants to walk in those shoes. That's not fun. Some of those injuries are scary. Nobody wants to go through that stuff. Don't tell me it doesn't affect. He's not a robot. Don't tell me he doesn't think about that stuff. Don't tell me that that still doesn't affect him or couldn't haunt him. He has never been the same since that injury. That's why I keep bringing up, I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of this year you're not seeing him go, see ya, I'm out. Contract's up, doesn't get a a new contract. I wouldn't be shocked at all. I mean, that's that's basically what happened to Jake Locker. He, He didn't have the love of the game anymore and he had battled injury i mean andrew luck it's the same deal he battled a lot of injuries too yeah so it's they just, haunted him I, I get i get it i mean if he did that i would stand up and say hey you know what i applaud you for being honest and and saying it it's a tough sport i mean everybody that has either played it or watched it they know that it's a it's a brutal sport on your body so i get it if he's like you know i'm tired of getting hit okay but I think the whole there's ghosts, you know, and doesn't want to get the get injured again, and he's worried about that. I do think that's a real thing. All right, we'll come back. More phone calls to close out the first hour of Darren Donick and Chase next. Thank you, Philip. Go get a goal tonight in Vegas. Make it five on the year. It wouldn't be bad. That would be off to quite the start for Forsberg. Did you hear last night that Ryan and I on Preds Insiders we uh, we declared that the that the Preds have a top line. We just wanted everybody to know that we have made that declaration that the Duchesne line, that's the top line. Yeah. Really went out they, on a limb. I was going to say, man, you guys put a lot of thought into that. We sure did. Wow. You can't get that analysis you anywhere guys else. Should, uh, make sure you don't stretch too hard patting yourself on the back for that one. That's I can't stretch stuff. today after working out, so it's okay. Uh, oh, wait a minute. We'll have to get into that <laughs> a little bit later. By the way, we've got a very special announcement after David Poyle today. We're very excited about So be uh 
listening for that coming up at 1130. Let's go in Smyrna, my neck of the woods. Let's talk to Alan. Alan, what's up? Hey, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Um, hey, I, I have a couple of questions to pose, and I'll let you all answer them uh, um, on air. But uh, the first one is, do we, would would you all really trust John Robinson to, to, to pick the next uh, draft, the next quarterback? And also, would the next quarterback be successful under this current offensive line, this current offensive coordinator? Is there anyone in the building that has a sound philosophy in, in offensive uh, intricacies? Uh, I'll, I'll hang up and take Ooh, a call. Hell, boy, right. you have come with a very loaded, loaded questions. Um, now, do we have enough time to answer all of that? That's <laughs> those are good. Um, let let me just say this: Does John Robinson deserve to pick the next quarterback? Well, yeah, he hasn't yep. he hasn't picked one yet. So Marcus Mariota is not his. So we don't know his body of work when it comes to quarterbacks until we got Tannehill. I would say his body of work with backup quarterbacks was an F. It was a failure. Right. It's well documented on this show. My thoughts about that. Ryan Tannehill was quite the upgrade, but the previous two were F's backups. Uh, so, does he deserve the right? Sure. I mean, we, we don't know um, whether he can get that position right or not. Now, the other stuff. Well, let me ask okay. you this real quick on that. Do you think he's done, in, in, in a lot of ways, his two big draft classes, I, I would still say, are incomplete? You're still – I mean, Derrick Henry, okay, feel pretty good about Derrick Henry. Conklin, uh, I first don't know. First-round pick, man. First-round pick. Trade it up to get him. Yeah. Corey Davis. No. I mean, you, you, fifth overall, come on. Right. I mean, if we're being honest, I mean, but, fifth overall, but no, do you, no do you way. completely do you completely say no, it, it, it was a bad pick no. because he's not living up to the fifth overall? Or does this, once again, go back? Does this all tied into the quarterback? Can you right. judge anybody right. because of the quarterback play or lack of? Now, I what, would say... It's not fair to judge anybody because let me just say this. I know it's real easy. It is the low-hanging fruit to rip this offensive line. Have they been good? No, they haven't been good. But are they as bad as everybody's making them out to be? No, I don't believe they are, in my opinion. I believe they're taking too much heat. Too much. Because I don't think the quarterback position is helping them. I don't. I don't. Some sacks are on the quarterback himself. There's just, no question. Let me tell you something. Mariota has a history. Once you get to him, you get yeah. in his head. I mean, we we remember a year ago to this past weekend. I mean, literally a year to the minus a day. The Ravens game, the eleven sacks. Right. Don't tell me in the fourth quarter that was the offensive line. Come on, and he he no. just he was going down. He he surrendered that game. I mean, he was like no moss, no more. I'm done. I'm done. So and quite honestly, yesterday, I mean, Sunday looked like at times, even though he didn't play the whole game, it looked like it was some of this stuff is on the court. So it is a collection of maybe some of the play calling, maybe not putting people in the right spots. It's the quarterback. It's yeah. So I don't think you should pile on the offensive line as much as people have piled on because I want to see other quarterbacks because I know better quarterbacks don't always have the best offensive lines. We just never talk about their offensive lines. You know why? Because they're smart, and they know yeah. how to 
go through progressions and pick up defenses and do things to help their offensive line right. when something bad is about to happen. And I don't believe that has been the case here for the last four and a half years. To answer the question, yes, I would trust him to draft a quarterback because I think his drafting has been much better than his free agent signings. The free agent signings is where I kind of go, I'm a little nervous because, I mean, Humphreys, and again, you can tie it all back into the quarterback, but I I think the free agents you worry about a little bit more than you do than how he's drafted. Let's go to Dennis up in Hendersonville. Dennis, what's up? All right, Dennis just hung up. Thanks. He wanted to talk about the offensive line. Maybe we just answer it. Maybe he wanted to pile on the offensive line and then went, oh, maybe I don't know. I'm just saying, it's easy. It's easy to crush them right now, and I get it. They are giving up an alarming amount of sacks. But it's not just the offensive line, okay? I've said this many times over the years. Why don't we ever talk about Tom Brady's offensive line or Peyton Manning's offensive line? Because what, they've always had the best? Uh, No. no. Russell Wilson, he's always had the best offensive line? Uh, No, far from it. Has he had good offensive lines? Yes. Has he also had bad offensive lines? Yes. Does anything change? When Russell Wilson's under center, no. You know why? Because he figures it out. He helps his offensive line. If they're not as good, he helps them. And I think sometimes the quarterback needs to help the offensive line. I'm not sure that's been going on here. We'll come back. Rod Gilmore to kick off the second hour of Darren Donick and Chase next.